Travel, it's one of life's greatest pleasures. When we journey abroad, we discover new places and meet fascinating people, but we also gain perspective and take on a wider view of the world around us. That was Trevor Ranges, and I'm Scott Coates. After more than 25 years living and working in Asia, we've developed an amazing network of interesting characters throughout the region. Talk Travel Asia is our way of sharing them with you. Plug in and get connected to hot tips, interesting perspectives, and expert travel advice as we cultivate travel insight through intelligent conversation. Among the many things Thailand is famous for, one is its beaches and islands. World famous amongst travelers are the islands of Phuket and Koh Samui, while Koh Phangan is famous with backpackers and Koh Tao with scuba divers. But with two major coastlines featuring over 3,000 kilometers, dozens of little tiny beaches and islands and bays, many of which have accommodation of some sort, Thailand has a beach or island destination for nearly every type of traveler. Today, we'll chat with David Lukens, a travel writer specializing in Thai beaches and islands, who will share some tips with you to help plan your next fun in the sun holiday in coastal Thailand. I'm Trevor Ranges in Phnom Penh, Cambodia, and I'm joined with my co-host, Scott, who is, I believe, in Bangkok. How are you doing, Scott? You in Bangkok today? Aloha, Trevor. I am in Bangkok, and uh, yeah, enjoying my place and enjoying being here. They, you know, all is good, and I'm excited to talk about islands and beaches. Where did your Thai island and beach career and experience start? Well, you know, I came to Thailand as a backpacker in 96 and uh, I went to Koh Samui in 96 and I stayed in one of the Charlie's huts, which is one of the original, like, <laughs> it was like a $5 wooden shack on Chawang Beach, you know? So 96 was still uh, the early days. I did my scuba certification. I went to Koh Tao for the first time, which was spectacular. And then uh, when I moved to Thailand in May, 2001, I went to Koh Tao again, and I spent like six weeks there or something like that in, in, a, in a bungalow on Tanot Bay. And I had moved from Hawaii, and I had had a job as a secret shopper with Safeway. And for three years, they paid to fly me inter-island, and I started writing my own travel guidebook to Hawaii. So when uh, a job opportunity with Fodor's, uh, Fodor's travel guidebooks, um, they needed someone to write the beaches and islands of Thailand. Uh, chapters for their guidebooks and they were expanding the book and 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 there was areas of thailand this is in uh, 2002 or so i guess yeah 2003 and so i got to get paid to go and explore as many thai islands as i could fit on the page or a, a bunch that i couldn't so yeah my travel career really began uh, as a as a writer about thai islands and beaches so i'm excited to talk to david and just you describing this made me realize that I actually went to Thai beaches and islands way before I thought I did. So I was wrapping up a one-year trip as a backpacker, and I came here at the end of that trip in 1995 and ending mm. up going to Koh and also at the end of that for a couple of nights on Koh Samui way back in 95. So, yeah, I remember it being super sleepy, and when we turned up at Koh dirt roads in a little truck to a bungalow and it was super quiet. And then I even remember Samui. I have no idea where I stayed, but it was pretty quiet. And yeah, so it is much longer ago than I thought it was. And I've been lucky enough since then in my time living here formally now that, you know, I've spent a lot of time on, uh, Got Samet down in Aonang and Krabi areas, some of Kolanta, I've been to Kot Tao a couple of times, of course, Kot Samui, and most recently Phuket and, and whatnot. So my barometer of what a nice beach is in the world has really been spoiled. And uh, 
yeah, while there's a lot of great beaches in Asia, I think that overall Thailand's got a pretty darn good selection and, and quality of beaches. Yeah. Yeah, again, like the the two coastlines and the fact that, uh, you know, there's a lot of well-known destinations and, you know, I coined it Lonely Planetivity, the the attraction that makes <laughs> everybody go to where, yeah, so like Lonely Planetivity is real in the whole beach and island scene because people go to a particular beach on an island because that's like the popular place to go. But even like, you know, on an island like Koh Phangan and Hat Rin is the beach where they have the famous full moon party, you know, but I used to like Lonely Beach, which is up on the, the north coast because that was such a chilled out little spot for for years you know but then as the these islands develop and and new islands get discovered like called payam um, which is just spectacular you know like as as a travel writer you do have this benefit of like this is your job to go and find and, and check out these cool places but like so many people who come to thailand as backpackers or expats like yourself like there's so much access like it's so easy to get to, to so many islands if you have only a long weekend or, or two weeks or six weeks or you know like you could spend years exploring these things like our guest is going to so like yeah thailand's spoiled for choice Indeed. And before we get further into it, remember, if you'd like to support the show and help Trevor and I keep doing this, go to patreon.com, search talktravelasia.com or talktravelasia. And there's lots of different tiers, but from as little as a couple dollars a month, you can help Trevor and I cover the expenses. And every two weeks in between regular episodes, we share a bonus episode or photos or a video. And we recently just shared an episode about a dream trip following the Mekong River, north from Phnom Penh to the Lao border. And we also want to thank Chris W., who became a patron this year. Thanks so much to him for keeping it going. So, Trevor, before we get into the guest, we've done a ton of episodes about beaches and islands. Can you remind us of a few? Yeah, you know, I was thinking about it, especially when I was thinking about the Google Maps. I'm like, we must have like 10 different beaches and islands Google Maps already. And and certainly we do. You know, going back to episode 11, we did Asia's somewhat secret beaches. And I love mm-hmm. that because they were the somewhat secret, you know. So this is a good one for like, you want something that's out of the way, but not too far out of the way. That's like hidden around the corner. Um, but yeah. then we had episode 20 was paddling Thailand's southwest coast with Ian Taylor. And he kayaked down like the entire west coast of thailand and he told us all these different places you could camp and stuff like that and we've done snorkeling and scuba diving and responsible tourism and you know like tantalizing travel tales we did a couple that that were at the beach so there's links to all of our old beach episodes for people who are into beaches just check out the show notes for this episode and uh, we got links for you there so let's uh go ahead and bring david in David Lukens is a travel journalist and creator of the e-newsletter Thai Island Times. Specializing in islands, coastal areas, and environmental issues in Thailand, he spent eight years as a staff writer for TravelFish.org and has also contributed to CNN Travel, Condé Nast Traveler, and other outlets over the years. He joins us online from his home in western Bangkok. Thanks for making time for us, David. Thanks for having me. So let's just start before you even got here. Before this, where did you live and what did you do before this interesting life you've created? Well, I I moved to Thailand in 2011 uh, permanently, but I first started traveling here in 2005. I got into it originally. um, I used to live in Burlington, Vermont, which is a kind of artsy city up in the northeast of the U.S. And I worked in a Thai restaurant there, actually a few different Thai restaurants. Um, I was a bartender. Some friends from the restaurant kind of dragged me along on my first trip to Thailand in 2005, and I really enjoyed it and, you know, ended up going back and traveling here a few times. I traveled around the region, spent several months in Vietnam at one point, 
But then, uh, yeah, I ended up focusing on Thailand and moved here in 2011 and uh, started working for Travel Fish. And uh, that, that's kind of how I got into the islands. My first trip for them was down into the like lower Andaman Sea uh, area called Mokta Kalipe. So those, I, before that, I hadn't really been that interested in the islands per se. I mean, I had been to Kasamui and, you know, some of the beach areas, but um, that trip was really kind of what got me hooked on it. Um, and, and so over those eight years, I pretty much like, I mean, I traveled, I, I covered all of Thailand or most of Thailand for, uh, for travel fish. The only part that I didn't cover regularly was like Chiang Mai and the like upper north. But I mean, you know, I wasn't like only covering the islands. I was, you know, I covered a lot of areas, the whole northeast and um, a lot of central Thailand. But but I covered, you know, dozens of islands for them, um, especially a lot of the smaller islands. I mean, I also did some of the larger ones too, called Chang and um, Stuart McDonald, who's the co-founder of Travel Fish. We did some of the islands together, like Hosamui and Kapangan. Uh, I didn't cover Phuket, so that's kind of like I have been there, you know, a couple of times, but haven't spent as much time there. So that's kind of one one area that I don't know quite as much about. But I focus a little bit more on smaller islands, more obscure islands, and you know, you know, it's really interesting because you know Burlington, Vermont. I'm from Vermont originally, and and Burlington isn't as well known for its beaches as Thailand. Yeah, yeah. so. <laughs> We have and there are some nice, it's, it's on a lake. Yeah. So it's beautiful. But, yeah. uh, you know, and Scott is from Canada, but my family ended up moving to Hawaii and I've spent a lot of my life, like with my parents when I was a kid exploring beaches and islands. And so when I moved to Thailand and I ended up becoming a travel writer, I specialized in beaches and islands first because that's where the opportunity came up, but that's also where like my expertise kind of was. So I, I, it's always kind of funny yeah. when, when you came to Thailand and yeah, I wasn't really into the whole beach and island thing. So, you know, like, uh, are, are you not originally from somewhere with, with a nice beach? No, I mean, as a kid, we would go to Lake Erie in Ohio actually for, okay. <laughs> so it's, a, it's beautiful. It's, you know, don't get me wrong, but it's a, it's a far cry from, you know, the beaches here. Yeah, no, it was really just like, you know, coming and working for Travel Fish and traveling around kind of got me hooked on it. Yeah, that's a really good way to, to get an immersion into it. Because again, as a travel writer, for people listening, you spend so much of your time trying to find every little shortcut down to every beach or the best little beachside shack and stuff like that. So like your introduction yeah. to Thai Islands was like full on in the deep end, like get to experience uh, some amazing stuff yeah. uh, right away. Yeah. So you do Travel Fish and you're covering a lot more of the country for eight years. What makes you decide I'm going all in on Thai beaches <laughs> and islands? Like what made you just decide to do that and, and, and devote a whole newsletter to it? Well, I mean, I really love the islands, you know, I mean, the islands are beautiful, but I'm also just fascinated by a lot of like the history and how they were settled and um, you know, the, like the local culture and different, you know, people that, that live there, like, for example, like the Uruk Lavoy and, uh, Mokan people down in the Andaman that are like indigenous people to the islands and people, there, there's so many, I'm interested in historically in, in terms of like, you know, how the Chinese first settled there and, you know, Thai Muslims. And, you know, I think like the more that I kept going back to all these islands and, you know, research them, research, researching them in, in like a pretty deep way you know, for writing the travel guides, it's just like kind of peeling back more layers of them every time. And it's like, you know, you, you, I started to see how there's, it's so much more than just like, you know, nice beaches or like uh, clear water and that kind of thing. You know, there's, there's, they all kind of have their own identity. I mean, that's really why a big part of why I love the islands. But I also, I just kind of have like, I'm kind of like a geography nerd, you know, I was like the kid 
in like second grade who could point out every state on the blank map of the U.S. And so there's so I definitely have like a um, just a tendency to kind of go into like a geographical area and really just like keep going deeper and deeper into it. So, you know, I kind of count the islands. I have all these different maps of um, coastal provinces and and um, pretty much like, you know, I cross-reference what I learned on the maps with, um, you know, people in local areas and what I see with my own eyes. And I'm ultimately, ultimately trying to visit every island in the country eventually. Well, there's quite a few, yeah. And, you know, it's interesting, though, because yeah. now it makes sense to me because at first I, I was thinking about the newsletter. But in a way, the newsletter could be like a journal or like a blog or something like that you're documenting your because if you're no longer working as a travel writer anymore once you have this addiction to like exploring and discovering all these new places it seems like you just this newsletter grew out of that yeah and i mean especially like i i had been doing some freelance work and i had been working for travel fish still back before the pandemic started but when it, when it started i kind of find myself you know with more free time and it just kind of gave me the chance to kind of indulge this you know obsession i guess with the with the islands and so i started by just kind of like making lists of all the different islands and then that kind of led to coming up with story <laughs> ideas and you know okay. getting further and further into it so that's kind of why i started the newsletter just to share share that whole journey you know so we know there's i mean big well-trodden ones like phuket and Samui, and then i've read your newsletter many times i know you go to very obscure ones but in a nutshell, like, what is it you really love about Thailand's islands and beaches? And why do you think they're great? A lot of what I was just saying, I mean, like, well, they're beautiful, but it's also like, you know, I'm into them from like a geographical or historical standpoint, or for example, like geologically, even like the Karst Cliffs in the, you know, in parts of the parts of the, the islands that, you know, were formed over millions of years. And, you know, all these islands have different, different little things about them. Like, for example, Kahingam, like in the Kaadang uh, archipelago near Kalipe, there's where there's like ancient stones that were formed, like, you know, basically cracked up from the seabed over like millions of years and formed into these like polished, like, you know, circular stones and just deposited on this one beach. That's like one example. Or like Kakadat is another example of just kind of a quirky island that just has a, a, str a strange kind of personality. There's like a, that's near Kachang or actually really close to Kalmak. Um, and there's like about a hundred deer that have been a herd of deer that's been living on this island. And they're it's basically, there's like a, you know, a farmhouse or two and some coconut farmers, but all that's really there is this, this herd of deer and they just like freely roam the island. So just little, little things like that. And, um, I don't know, I just find, I find the, the whole thing fascinating, honestly. Yeah, it's really interesting hearing you mention some of these islands. And then, like, I, I live in Cambodia now, but having spent so much time in the past in the Thai islands, just kind of, you're reminding me of, like, you know, uh, Yao that has such an interesting culture. And now I can't even think of all the places because they keep just coming in and out of my mind. But there's so many islands in Thailand, and and they are so diverse. I was thinking of Kha Pratong, which has, like, every single ecosystem in Thailand on that one island. Yeah, yeah? that's a good example, but, too. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Beyond like, like, oh, which place is better to go on vacation, like Phuket or Samui, like yeah. if people are looking for like interesting natural beauty and history and geology or geography or, you know, like the ocean, like the Emerald Cave, that was another one that I thought of, you know, like yeah. uh, it, it, Thailand just has so many fascinating, interesting little spots. Yeah. Copper Thong is an island that I really like, you know, it has like the savanna landscape, which, you know, people think it looks kind of like the Serengeti. Um, and, you know, there's really no other island like that. 
in all of Thailand, you know, or also just the people that live on these islands too. Like I love just like talking, getting to know some of the people who live there, you know, both the native Islanders and also, um, you know, people who have moved there over the years. It's just so many interesting personalities and, you know, learning about their stories, learning about what the islands were like 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, or a hundred years ago when there were battleships around Ka Chang and Ka Samui was just like a few coconut farmers. And I mean, the, the islands changed so much just in the last like half decade, really. I mean, half century. So it's like, um, you know, there, there's, there's so much to learn. On the note of people, David, can you tell us about a couple of the key, I don't know if you say indigenous groups that are, you know, on some islands or on beaches and whatnot. I've heard of a couple of them, but who are a couple of the key sort of unique people to these areas? Yeah, well, like in the Andaman, uh, the Andaman side, um, the Molkan people um, live up in like, in, in Thailand, they're pretty much all the way north up near um, Myanmar. You know, they also live up, they're traditionally nomadic. So they've been going pretty much just like in their boats and, you know, living like a fishing, you know, subsistence lifestyle a thousand years or more. They speak like uh, ancient, um, like Malay uh, dialect, you know, comes from that family of languages anyway. It's different now, but wow. they're quite famous for like, they can see much farther than the average uh, human underwater. You know, they've evolved like that. And they've kind of famously predicted that this, when the tsunami came in 2004, they, you know, saw the signs in the natural world and were able to get most of their people um, to high ground when, you know, people in other places had no idea that it was coming. Yeah, they live in like Hasarin is is in Thailand, one of their main areas where they live, which is uh, part of a national park. That's actually a bit of a controversy because they were kind of like forced after the tsunami, were kind of like forced to move into an island on Hasarinthai, which is the um, the the southern island in Kosarin. But they also they also have a village that's more remote on uh, Kachang, uh Kachang in Renong province and you know not not the bigger Kachang out near Cambodia. Sorry, I was going to say for our listeners, yeah. we actually did an episode way back in number 26 was responsible tourism with Bodie Garrett from the Andaman Discoveries. Andaman Discoveries does like a they do like a homestay experience with the Malkin. I I featured them one time in uh, my newsletter as like my pick of the week or Company. I, really I stayed. Company. I stayed with a family doing a homestay somewhere along the mainland up north there in Ranong. They had some Malkin like uh, handicrafts, and and one of them was a pair of like swim goggles that were carved out of wood, and then had like yeah. the bases of like bottles, like Coke bottles or something like that, as them, and then like a a rubber band kind of thing. I bought them for my buddy Albert. They're 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 nice. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they live. They actually do live in a couple of the other islands up up that way, but um. But yeah, and there are still a few that, that you know, are at least like partially nomadic. But so that's one of the main groups. And then, and then further south, like in Phuket, Kalanta. Kalanta is like the ancestral home of the Ulrak Lavoy people. Um, they also speak a, a dialect that, you know, comes from the Malay family of languages. And, but they're somewhat different than the Mokan. They, they're not, they're, they've been sort of semi-nomadic over the, over the centuries, um, but they tend to be more based in, you know, certain islands. And they're a bit more widespread there. Um, and they're also a bit more like assimilated now into the wider Thai society. But Kalipe is like one of the main um, places where where they live. If you ever walk on like Sunrise Beach, you'll see a school there. And that's the, the Orak Lawoi village there. Um, they do have uh, two other villages on Kaadang, which is a national park island. And they had to really fight for their... They, I mean, before the national park, uh, Mukataratau National Park opened 
and kind of took over the whole, you know, Mukha Dong uh, archipelago back in like the late 70s and 80s. Before that, they had lived all around that archipelago. They had like, you know, at least a dozen villages and they would have like, you know, seasonal camps where they would, you know, be based for like fishing. And they also lived a subsistence lifestyle. But when the, the national park uh, pretty much forced them to settle, you know, on Calipe. So that's one of them. And some of them like ended up moving to the mainland. They live in, they, there's also Uraklawai on like Kabulon, Kalipong. They traditionally had a village on Kongai, but have been kind of moved around. And, um, you know, they're like, if you talked, I have a friend who's Uraklawai on Kalipe and he's sort of laments you know how their culture is being lost and you know most of the younger people don't speak the language anymore for our listeners again uh we usually make a google map for our episode so uh dave's going through all this pretty quickly and scott and i know exactly where he's talking about but uh there'll be a link to a google map on the show notes on our website and then you can have a look at the google map and see what we're talking about yeah because Kalipe is way down towards the Malaysian border. Like he was mentioning, it's a Malaysian dialect, yeah? And uh, this is a good segue for our next topic because Uncle Lipe, I believe that's where an organization called Trash Hero started. And Trash Hero yeah, was just yeah. some volunteers who did started noticing all the plastic washing up on every beach on earth, but uh, they happen to be Uncle Lipe. And they've started an international organization now called Trash Hero, where it's volunteers picking up trash on beaches. So we know that you've gotten involved in some environmental uh, projects. How did that all start? Yeah, I mean, it's more, I, I really just follow what's going on. Actually, Trash Hero opened, uh, Caldipe was one of the first islands that I covered for Travelfish. And the, when I first went there in two, late 2011 was when uh, Trash Hero was just kind of getting started and it was still just, you know, a Caldipe thing. Um, it's amazing how far it spread. They have like chapters now out in like North America, all over the world now. Yeah, but I mean, I follow a lot of what's going on, a lot of what's like the researchers are talking about, and you know, the marine scientists and um, all around Thailand, there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of env environmental different issues that we could talk about. I mean, you know, actually, the around now, the, um, the pandemic has definitely uh, slowed down tourism, obviously, and that's been good overall for, um, for the environment, right? I mean, it, it does cut both ways, you know, to some degree, like, for example, there are, much, there are far fewer dive boats and, you know, tour boats going out, which means that um, illegal fishermen, illegal or illegal fishing is more of a, has become more of a problem in some places. But overall, it's been a good thing. Like, for example, they just leatherback, uh, leatherback sea turtles, the largest uh, turtle in the world. And, um, you know, it's an endangered species and they only nest and in Thailand, they only nest, uh, on the Andaman coast, like basically like Maikau Beach on Phuket and more so um, in, uh, around like uh, Hot Lampi, Lampi Beach um, and Bangkwan Beach up on Panga, on the Panga coast, like south of Kaulak. This season, they had more than 900 hatchlings from 18 nests, um, which is like shattered the previous record um, since they've been keeping track, which they, you know, they started keeping track around 30 years ago. So that's promising. Um, and they're, they're doing a lot of coral rehabilitation now. That's, that's kind of like just increasingly, um, being prioritized both by, you know, some of the government agencies like the Department of Marine and Coastal Research Resources and, um, and also some, you know, nonprofit groups that are involved and they work together with the Department of National Parks and like, for example, at Maya Bay on Kapipile, you know, which was overrun by tourists and all the, all the coral was dead 
um, pretty much like, you know, just like five years ago. And they're, they've already brought back, you know, the coral is doing much better there now. And also like Ka Yung and Ka Ta Chai and Ka Bon was all, all, all islands that were closed to tourists um, in the last five years. It's definitely like following it. I follow it really closely and it's pretty impressive what they're doing every, you know, every day, every week going out and assessing the health of the reefs and, you know, clearing, you know, fishing debris and other, you know, rubbish and things that, that sink down to that are that are problems for the reefs. So, yeah, that's another good example. I always like to imagine this situation because I used to plan trips for a living. Someone's been here a couple of times. They've been to the main islands. What are two to three lesser known islands that David really likes for a bit of a Sabai trip? <laughs> you know, what are the, the your favorite places that you don't want to see everyone go to, but you're going to tell them to go now? The Travel Writers Catch 22. I really like just quiet, like mellower islands like uh, called Jam, uh, which is also... It's actually called Kapu in the north. Uh, it's in Krabi province. It's actually due east of uh, Kalipe. I mean, uh, Kapipi. And, you know, so like the sun, you see the sunset like over like the cliffs of Kapipi Lei, which is really beautiful from Kajam. And I mean, the, the beaches there aren't, you know, it's not like so dazzling, like, you know, like Maya Bay or something like that. But but the beaches are nice and they're long. Like the well, one of the beaches is called Long Beach. And it's like, you know, I think like six kilometers long, you know, contiguous beach. And there's just like old school bungalows. And, you know, um, there's a like a Muslim Thai village. There's also some Uruk Lawoi people on that island. And it's just one of those islands where there's a good balance of, you know, between, you know, small scale, low level tourism and, um, you know, local life. And then another one I have to say, Kabulan, Kabulan Le, which is for a little further south down in Satun province, um, just like north of Qatar Tao. It's, you can actually go there and the, some of the same speedboats that connect like Kalanta to Kalipe, but it's a really small island. It's actually a group of islands, Kabulan Le, there's Kabulan, uh, Kabulan Don, and, um, and Kabulan Pai, which is like the central one. Kabulan Don is inhabited too. There's like a, just a tiny little fishing village there. But on Kabulan Le, which is a small island, but it's the biggest one in the group, you know, there's a beautiful little beach. There's a school right by the beach, which I, I, I don't think, I, I mean, it's the only island that I've seen where it has this kind of particular setup where there's like this little tiny, like pink schoolhouse, like right by the best beach, you know? So there's just School kids are out like, you know, playing and there's like a few tourists, like really just kind of like backpacker, like long, long stay types of tourists that come and, you know, stay. I mean, there's no electricity at night at some of the resorts, although um, they do have a lot of solar power there now. Yeah, it's just a really, it's beautiful. And that island is one of my absolute favorites. Just like there's something about it. It's just, it's just this kind of tranquility that, you know, uh, it's almost hard to describe. Yeah, you can probably tell by now I like that lower Andaman region, you know. For the third one, it's really hard to pick just three, but I'd have to say Kamak in the Kachang Archipelago, you know, right at the center of the Kachang Archipelago. I've always really liked that island. It's just kind of a close-knit community and there's good beaches and, you know, you can easily island hop during dry season to Kakut and um, Kachang. I mean, Kakut has better beaches, but I don't know. I just like the vibe in Kamak. It has little islets around there that you can kayak to. And I mean, the whole island was bought like, uh, you know, around 130 years ago by like this like Chinese Thai Siamese aristocrat. And, you know, his his ancestors still own pretty much most of the whole island or, or rent it out, you know, rent out um, some places for like small resorts and that kind of thing. It's fun to bike. I like to bike, just bicycle around there. Yeah, I'd have to add Kambuk too. That's like one of my all-time favorite islands. 
we're we're gonna have a Google map for our listeners. Uh, go to talktravelasia.com. and and I think we do a good job at the maps because I'm I'm kind of like David and I'm, I'm a geek on these things and I like to look at all these places and I look at them with Google Earth so I can actually see the beaches yeah, and I can right. see the water yeah. and I can see the coral <laughs> and I've actually been like snorkeling yeah. off of Comac. Uh-huh. I was staying at the Sonia Curie and we took a speedboat over there or something and. Uh, but what I was thinking, you know, is again, for a good segue for, you know, what should people think about when they're planning these kinds of vacations? A lot of the islands, like in Thailand, Nok Airways is like the budget air carrier. And Nok flies into every provincial capital city. So like when you go to Ranong, if you want to go to Pratong or Payam, uh, yeah. yeah, then you just you just get a little cheap Nok air flight to town. And then when you get to the airport, you take like a Song Tao to the pier. And then and yeah. then there's usually like looking at that last island you, you mentioned, Bulan Le. Again, it looks like, yeah, you just fly into the provincial capital there on the mainland and then get yourself to the coast. And there's a little pier, ferry pier, and you just jump on a boat and boom you're there yeah for bulan you'd have to go to hot yai or trang because there's no airport in satun yeah yeah but but yeah i mean pretty much the same bulan is actually it's a little bit more difficult to get to because they only have the boat one time a day but the islands aren't as hard to get to in general you know as a lot of people think like the one thing people ask me a lot is like like what's like a, a island that's you know pretty quick and easy to get to from bangkok and it's like they're really nowadays i mean Nok Air and also like yeah. Air Asia and some of the other airlines, they sell like all in tickets, you know, for a lot of islands. Like you can go to, you can buy a ticket on Nok Air's uh, website, you know, that will take you straight to Kalipe or Kalanta or Kotao or, you know, plenty of islands, even I think Kapayam maybe. But or, or you can just go there and buy a ticket pretty easily. Yeah. Or like you said, just, you know, get the Songtao or the van to the pier, you know. Like Trong, you can you can go and fly into Trong, and within an hour or two, you you can be at a pier for, you know, Kakradan or Kamok or Kagai or any of the, the islands around there. You know, and compare that to like going to Kachang, which is like requires like taking a long bus yeah, trip. Yeah, that's know. far. It's not really. Yeah, it's not really any quicker. You know? So, David, thinking about some visitors coming, they're going to go to a beach, they're going to go to an island. What kind of general things should people keep in mind when planning a Thai island or beach vacation? I mean, I think it's pretty straightforward, you know, I mean, some people coming from out of the country who don't, you know, have much experience traveling in Thailand get kind of hung up on worrying about, you know, thinking that it's going to be like dirt roads and that kind of thing. You know, it's really, I mean, the, the, the tourism infrastructure is so well developed in Thailand. So it's like, and the travel infrastructure. So it's really not that difficult. But if you're going to, if you're going to want to go to like some really obscure islands, like some that I've written about, like Hajik or um, Kapitak and Chumpon, you know, or some of the more remote, like marine park islands that, that re- will require more planning. And, you know, you have to set aside more time and possibly hire like a tour guide or, or, or arrange it through, you know, a tour company if you don't have, you know, Thai language skills and, you know, maybe a car or something. A call Weyung is another island up in Chumpon, that's really remote, like really very few people know about. And, you know, the only tourism is pretty much Thai travelers that, you know, and even that it's like, you know, maybe a few snorkeling tours on the weekends and that kind of thing. But it's a beautiful area and like really worth visiting if, if you know, if you have the time and um, are willing to put in the extra planning. But for, for bigger islands and, and more popular islands, I would say just kind of start by looking at what your interests are. You know, I mean, so much depends on, you know, if you want to 
stay a month on just a really quiet beach and just like read a book, then, you know, you'd look at, you know, maybe Kajam or Kapratong or if you, you know, if you're into diving or. That's what we're about to do. We'll do, we'll do a little rapid fire. So yeah, best, best, best island or beach for active water sports people. Kapangan, the South coast is really good. And also Prachuap on the mainland, Prachuap Kirikan, like uh, Prambury and yeah, around Huahin. Prambury is is really good for, yeah. And even like Pattaya area is good for um, kite surfing and windsurfing. I I used to hang out at it. Next category is family friendly, most family friendly beach destination. You know, like if you're going to Phuket or Samui or one of the larger islands, you know, that's what, if you're with your family, it's definitely important to, don't get stuck in like the middle of like, you know, Bangla Road or whatever, you know. Um, so I would say like Phuket, like maybe Kamala Beach or Rawai in the like south. Resort, yeah. Yeah, just quieter. Um, Samui, I would say like uh, Lipa Noi on the east coast or really anywhere on the south coast, like Telangam or Mainam maybe in the north coast. Uh, Kapangan, Bang Lai Pan, Kachang, Klong Prao. Hey, you know what I like for families actually just randomly popped into my head? Silver Beach on Samui. It's like in between the yeah, Chuang. Right. Yeah, that's a little that little cove mm-hmm. right there. It's, yeah, yeah, Silver totally. Beach. That's, yeah. that's a good one. We, you want a romantic getaway, David. Okay. Kokradan in, uh, in Trang. It's just gorgeous beach. I, you know, and there's some, some pretty comfortable resorts, but small, no roads or anything like that. Kind of castaway mm-hmm. feel. Uh, Kakut. Definitely. Um, some of the best beaches in Thailand easily and has a lot of really nice resorts, um, you know, really good for honeymooning. Those are the two off the top of my head. This is something I like. How about long beach walks or runs? Called Lanta. <laughs> so just like the whole West Coast, just super long beaches, you know. Uh, Hot Klong Dao is really good on Kod Lanta for like, like I, I like to run on the beach too. And that's, you know, it's flatter so at low tide. So you can just walk and walk forever on Kod Lanta. Called Jam too, which I mentioned. Yeah, I mean, Kambuk has like a lot of beaches that are, you know, that are good for long walks. Yeah, Kachang. You you look like a part. You look like a party guy. You must have researched some beach parties as part of your work for Travel Fish. What's the best party party beach party island? I'm actually not that big of a party guy, honestly. <laughs> I, I well, I used to be. That's kind of got that out of my system before I really moved to Thailand, honestly. But Hot Rin, you know, is the big one. I mean, Kapangan is, you know, there's like parties all the time. Well, right. at least when the pandemic's not going on. But you know, like Sairi, um in Kotao, Tonsai in. Uh, in uh Don, Lonely Beach on Kachang, Klong Kong on Kalanta. There's a lot of like pretty good beach parties there. Yeah, those are those are some of the best ones. Uh, even Kalipe, like you know, Pattaya Beach on Kalipe is which is not related to the city of Pattaya. How about natural beauty and wildlife? Okay, well so, some of the most incredible marine park islands are like the Ang Thong Islands, west of Samui, Kosurin and the Similans. Um, I mean the Dong Archipelago, like I was just saying near Kalipe. You know, there are some lesser known ones like the Mukha Chumpon in Chumpon province, um, Karang and some of the islands in the in the Kachang archipelago. You know, some of the, the marine park islands, you know, some of them you can camp on. There's like bungalows available like through the national park on some of them. I mean, Kotarotau itself, especially if you love real like old growth jungle and like trekking and that kind of thing, then Kotarotau is, is better. Mukalanta National Park is another one, like Karok and Kaha, you know, but a lot of these, like you, you could only really go on a day tour. Awesome. A good segue from beautiful wildlife is quiet and contemplative. Like what's your best just so, solo getaway? I think you actually mentioned it before. 
yeah, Kajam, Kapratong. I, I definitely, Kapratong, if you just a really, you know, you really just kind of want to forget the world and like go somewhere where, you know, you, you can really just not, you know, feel like you're in society and you're just kind of lose track of time and that kind of thing. Yeah, my boat driver did that there. <laughs> he ended up getting drunk and then the tide went out and the boat got stuck and uh, yeah. Oh, crazy. yeah. Yeah, that happened to me. Called Libong is another one, actually. Um, that happened to me in Kali because yeah. there's a lot of rocks offshore. So you have to time the, you know, you have to time when the long tail boats can arrive, you know, and, and I got kind of left behind, but yeah, called Libong is one, uh, near Trang, one of my favorite islands. Another one called Sukhorn. It's even quieter than called Libong in Trang. You can bicycle around the island and, you know, the beaches aren't that great, but from there you can go to called Lao Liang, which is really incredible. Another one that I should have mentioned in the, um, in the natural beauty category that's part of Mukha Petra National Park. Yeah, Kapratong, Kachang in Renong, uh, near, and also Kapayam. Kapayam has a, a bit more, you know, it's a little bit busier, but even some of the islands around Phuket too, like Kanaka is one that's, that's, that's nice. I haven't been to as many of those, but, uh, or Kayao, like uh, Kayao Yai is like just so much space yeah. and, you know, you can find real empty beaches and you have the entire Panga Bay at your fingertips there, you know. Well, this has been fascinating, David. You've now given me at least 15 islands that weren't on my list, and I had quite a few of the small ones on our list. I really appreciate you sharing the time, and anyone listening, again, go to the show notes. We'll have all the links, and you can learn more by going to thaiislandtimes.substack.com or probably just Google Thai Island Times, huh, David? Yeah, that would work, yeah. Perfect. Well, happy trails. <laughs> Keep hitting those islands, and I really enjoy the newsletter, so thanks for that work. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thanks, David. Thank you. So, yeah, uh, Dave had so many great places to talk about. He just kept rattling them off. It was hard to keep up with the map because, uh, you know, I, I, I've spent so much time on the beaches and islands of Thailand, and I haven't been to a lot of these islands in a long time, and some of them I've never been to, and uh, and it's just so exciting. I'm jonesing to get back to the beach, and this, this map is going to be a great place to start. Yeah, he's named a ton of places that are on my radar and on my list, but also a ton that aren't. Yeah, it was fascinating to have him on. I recommend people subscribe to that newsletter. You'll get everything you wanted about beaches and islands and then some. So thinking about your travel over the years, Trevor, what are some beaches and islands you've always enjoyed over the years? You know, it's tricky because like I, I made some notes before we interviewed David and then as he was talking and I was looking at the map, I was like, oh yeah, that one's awesome too. Oh yeah, that one too. Um, but for sure, like, you know, he mentioned Pratong. Um, and I talked about it there at the end uh, with the boat getting stranded. That was on one of our uh, right. tantalizing travel tales episodes. And that island is spectacular. It's beautiful. And Kaut Payam, which we also mentioned, both in Renong province, um, Kopratong and Kaut Payam and Kaut Ra are, are gorgeous. I love that Andaman coast there. Um, but I still have a soft spot for Samui. Um, you know, I, I have some friends that are down there on Samui and Kopratong or Ko, uh, Pangan and Kaut Tao. Um, so those are still really beautiful. Um, and I hear Kotlanta is really nice. I used to love that place and I haven't been there in a long time, but I hear it's still uh, really beautiful. Yeah, my wife and I took advantage of, you know, virtually no tourists in Thailand, went to Kotlanta in July 2020 last year. Mm. And it was still beautiful. Uh, I'd been years before that. I mean, there's, you know, the requisite tailor shops and massage shops and restaurants along the roads, but it was still a nice size. I've also, you know, always enjoyed Aonang and Riley area. It's certainly growing, but I mean, you get the carts, limestone islands and cliffs down there. That's still a, a really beautiful area. About a decade ago, I went to Gotlipe, and it was really 
really nice with, you know, crystal clear water. But I mean, it's a whole day to get there. It's a bit of a commitment. An easy one close to Bangkok, if you just want to chill on a soft beach, Got Cement to me has always been a, a good choice. It's close. It's the uh, driest island in Thailand. I've always enjoyed it. And then we've mentioned it a lot on this episode. Kot Payam was really, really seriously Sabai, and I'd love to go back there sometime. So Trevor, what are some islands or beaches in Thailand that you haven't gone to, but you'd really like to? Yeah, you know, because you mentioned Payam last, uh, that's one of the few places in Thailand that gets surf. So, like, I might go back to Payam uh, as one of my places to go back to again. Um, but the Surin Islands are right near there, and that's right up near the the border with Myanmar, and that's where the Malkan people live, and you can do the Andaman Discoveries experience. Uh, I don't know if you can still do it, uh, just because that was quite a while ago, episode 26, yeah? We should check yeah. in with Bodhi, because um, the Surin Islands, the National Park, and... Uh, like he mentioned, there's some national parks that have like little cottages and bungalows that are really pretty basic. But uh, that's that's kind of you can camp even, you know, I love to camp. So anywhere that's uh, legal to camp and, and not crowded and spectacularly beautiful underwater, yeah, that's on my list. I've never camped on a beach in Southeast Asia, but I'd like to. Wow. So I have quite a few on the list. And he's mentioned them all. Kot Mak, which is near Kot Chang, near the Cambodia border. I've always heard incredible stuff about. Um, I'd really like to go to a lot of the islands he mentioned around Trang and Satun in the far southwest. Those being Kot Ngai, Kot Muk, Kot Kredan, and Kot Chang, the smaller Kot Chang north of Payam. I heard it is like stepping yeah. back in time 30, 40 years. And I've strangely never made it to Kot Yao Noi, which is in between Phuket and Krabi. So I'd love to get it's to all those yeah. places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's so many. That's why for sure everybody go to the show notes, uh, talktravelasia.com, because we'll have the Google Map link there, and the Google Map is going to be awesome. There's also links uh, all about David and uh, his newsletter and uh, all of our back episodes that are about Thai beaches and islands. We Number 11 was Asia's Somewhat Secret Beaches. Number 114 was Favorite Beaches in Southeast Asia. Episode 20 was Paddling Thailand's Southwest Coast with Ian Taylor. That was a great one with a lot of insight on a lot mm-hmm. of those islands down the coast. Yeah, We did snorkeling and scuba diving in Southeast Asia. We did so many beach islands. We Yeah, that's it's my jam saturated so thanks for listening thank you to patrons who donate as little as a dollar a month upwards to make this all happen they get secret patron only bonus episodes videos and so forth we'll be back in two weeks with a new episode thanks for listening thanks for joining us on talk travel asia we look forward to sharing with you again soon hey scott do you remember the time we walked on top of the wall in Tom and Cam-